I say that because the Lord's been speaking to me over the last few weeks as I've been preparing to write a new book on freedom. I've been, I've been exploring all the different aspects of what it looks like to truly live and walk free. Free in your mind, free in your emotions, free in every aspect of your life. God wants you to be truly free. It's for freedom that we've been set free. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we've been looking, we look, uh, talked briefly last week about the aspect of temptation. And this week I've been hearing the Lord speaking to me. And you know, I told you my life's a musical. But the song, Feelings, Nothing More Than Feelings, has been going through my head. And I'm like, huh? I think I heard that song on the radio when I was a child with my mother playing 4KQ or something. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us today that we are a people who don't live by feelings, but live by faith. Hallelujah. Feelings are not a bad thing. God created us to have feelings. Hallelujah. But feelings are not the boss. I see people panic. <gasps> I'm feeling these feelings. And God's saying, hey, I want you to see and know the truth. For me, Sometimes, I mean, I am a very, I feel, I feel everything I'm feeling and I feel everything you're feeling. Like I just got feelings happening all the time, everywhere. It's part of being prophetic. And they can get overwhelming. Mostly my struggle comes in feelings of wanting to say something when I probably shouldn't. <laughs> and they can be quite overwhelming feelings if I give them considered thought. I just, if I just said this, I feel like I could fix that situation. Especially when I've heard God say, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to say that. But the feelings can be, oh, start to be overwhelming. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? This can relate to any aspect of your life. But you see, feelings don't define us. You're not defined by how you feel, hallelujah. Your identity is not in, not in what you feel. If you're, if you're feeling tempted in some way, some people come to me and they say, can you pray? I, there must be something in my childhood that's making me you know, really always feel tempted to be you know, going after these get-rich-quick schemes or whatever it is, whatever temptation they're going over. Or you know, because I'm dealing with this lust issue, can you pray that there must be something in my past that's making me susceptible to this? And I I say, no, it's because you're human and the enemy hates you. Temptation is designed to meet a natural need in an unholy way. That's just what it is. There wasn't something wrong with Jesus that he was tempted. When the enemy came and said, turn these stones into bread, he wasn't playing on some weakness in Jesus. He was playing on a natural need, a natural desire. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. He was hungry. The Bible says he was hungry. And so the enemy comes and he offers a way to meet a real need, a real desire. And there would have been some feeling attached to it. Oh, yeah, I feel hungry. But he wouldn't entertain the idea of fulfilling that in any unholy way. 
And the good news is that for every temptation the enemy brings, God has a much, much, much better plan. The enemy was saying, turn these stones into bread. And God the Father was saying, I'm going to turn you into living bread. And then I'm going to turn everybody that's in you into living bread. And we're going to feed untold multitudes. Hallelujah. You're going to find more joy and more satisfaction than you could ever understand. But you see, the, uh, the enemy will dress up temptation in such a way that he'll make it, think, make it sound like, oh, this will be all right. This will be a good thing. This will be good. And it may bring some temporal pleasure, but in the end, it leads to death. If Jesus had just gone, yeah, I'm really hungry. That's a good idea. No one's watching. He would have not been able to fulfill his purpose as a perfect sacrifice. But the enemy didn't mention that. Let's have a look at uh, Genesis chapter 3. Can we have a look? Good book. Speaking about Adam and Eve and Eve in the garden here. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, or you, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. In essence, he was actually saying, God's a liar. You will not die, for God knows in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. You know, I look at this and you think, here's the enemy, he's trying to sell it to them. And he was appealing to some actually normal, natural desires. There was nothing evil in Eve. She did not have a sin nature. She was created in the image of God. So there wasn't some deep childhood wound that was making her susceptible to this. It was because she was human and she had human desire. And there was a temptation that came. And we need to know that so that when you are tempted, because you will be, because the enemy hates you, it's not that you're a bad person and there's something wrong with you. It's simply that the enemy hates you and he's having a go. So he comes along and begins to, to tell her that God's telling you lies. And he's saying, he begins to show it to her. And then it says here, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise. Then she took it and ate. The serpent was appealing to her pride. He was appealing to her sense of adventure. Well, I, I, I'd like to expand my horizons. I'd like, maybe there is more. Maybe there is more. Maybe I am being limited by just, you know, obeying God. And, you know, maybe there's more to this life. Maybe the world is bigger. Maybe there's more. I think I'd like to see more of that. Maybe there's, uh, maybe that'll taste good, you know. 
maybe, maybe, and she began to consider it. You see, I believe the, the hook got in, not when the enemy was tempting her, but when she began to give it her consideration. When she began to go, hmm, actually, that does look really good. I reckon, and began to engage her imagination, I reckon that would taste really nice. That looks like it would be good to eat. And you know what? Maybe, maybe that's true. You know, maybe God isn't telling us the truth. Maybe there is more. Maybe there's more. Maybe that I'd like to experience more. And when we start to give our attention to what is unholy, then the emotions start to go with it. Then the, uh, the enemy comes in and he, he begins to hook you and reel you in. What gets your attention gets you. God's looking for you when the enemy comes in, when the feelings start to happen. Oh, I feel like I feel tempted to do that. I feel tempted to do that. Instead of panicking and going, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling like this? And considering it, working it out, would it really be bad? Maybe it would be bad. I think, I don't know. It could, maybe it's not so bad. As soon as you start to consider it, as soon as you start to give it your attention, that's when your feelings start to go in that direction. That's when you start to get hooked. God is looking to help you in the moment of your temptation to show you the way of escape. And the way of escape is absolutely glorious, always. I find when, um, when I, cause I, I can get myself worked up, occasionally I can get myself worked up. And I've, I, you know, there's a situation, normally it's a justice situation when I'm like, Hmm, I reckon I'm, oh, I'd like to tell them this, so I'd like to say, and then I'll talk to Tom and he'll go, you know, probably I wouldn't do that. I'll go, then I'll think about it a bit more. Actually, you know, probably be good for them to hear that. And then I'm giving myself sleepless nights so, or um, social media, someone will say something nasty and the Lord will tell me, don't respond, don't react. Don't respond, don't react. And then I start thinking about it. That was, they, they obviously don't know me. They obviously don't understand. Maybe if I just told them some truth, maybe if I helped them, then they wouldn't be against me. Yeah, that seems reasonable to me. And as I go to do it, I know I shouldn't do it, and I do it, and then it's all on. Then I discover they weren't some person that was just misguided. They actually hate me with a vitriolic hate. Ow. And then a little while later I go, I really should have listened to you, God. So sorry, Jesus. That really was a waste of my time and my energy and my emotion. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Ow. I feel your pain. But God wants to save you the pain. Hallelujah. And he's got something much better for us. What gets our attention gets us. And so when we start to feel <gasps> feelings, we have to remember, it's nothing more than feelings. Actually, I'm not gonna give it my attention. No, here's what I'm gonna do. What does my spirit want? When I'm feeling like I wanna do that, I wanna do that, I wanna do that, I wanna do that. No, what does my spirit want? Oh, well, actually, oh, my spirit wants to commune with God. <sighs> 
My spirit wants to commune with you, face to face with you. Oh, and as I begin to think about that, suddenly all my emotions go in that direction. And suddenly I think, what on earth was I even troubling myself with about that? <sighs> Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. For me, the way out is always to, to go back to what is my spirit one? You see, as a believer, one who's been born again, I've been given a new heart. Hallelujah. I've been given the nature of Christ, the motives of Christ, the heart of Christ, the mind of Christ. I have been joined to him. He doesn't just cover me. He's over me, upon me, and in me. We are one. We are entwined together. So my spirit wants what his spirit wants now. It's happier than you're reacting. It's actually true. Your spirit, when it's been born again, joined and, and entwined with God, longs for righteousness, holiness, intimacy, fellowship, uh, and, and uh, to, to see things from the perspective of being seated in heavenly places with Him. Hallelujah. And it's always the way out. Because as you get embroiled in the stuff and the things and the people and the, the war going on, God's saying, come up here. Let me show you from my perspective. Come on, let's remember. Let's breathe the air of heaven together. <sighs> and suddenly I come back into peace. You see, God says we'll be led forth with peace. God's looking for us not to engage in the realm of stress and warfare and worry and anxiety and figuring it all out and considering it. And he's wanting us to let that go, change the DVD and put our focus on him. Hallelujah. And he helps us come out of the place where we're embroiled in the, in the noise and black into the place of supernatural perfect peace. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes and he, he's like, oh, you're terrible that you even thought about doing that. It's terrible that you even thought about yeah, that feeling you felt toward them, that anger, that, that oh, you are, there's something wrong with you. You have to go, uh, 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 not even going there. Lord, tell me the truth. Thank you, God. Thank you that you've made me new. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've transformed me, that I'm new, that I'm clean, that I'm righteous, that I'm holy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that I have the motives of Christ. Lord, I remember the truth. God, because of you, Lord, I get to fellowship with you. I was oh, that's who I am. I'm created for worship. I'm created to stand and, and be able to boldly come before your throne of grace. I'm created to rule and reign with you. Yay, God, yes, that's who I am. I'm not who the enemy wants to suggest that I am. Hallelujah. Your feelings flow where your attention goes. When I'm <gasps> tempted to get all stressed out and worried and I come to him and I say, thank you, Father. 
Oh, Jesus, I love you. Put some worship on and just begin to focus on him. Suddenly, my heart just gets filled with supernatural peace, supernatural joy. I remember, oh, I'm loved. Thank you, God. And I'm filled with your kindness. I'm filled with your patience. Oh, I'm filled with you. I have no need to be defending myself because you are my strong defense. I, you are my satisfier. You're the one who satisfies my every need. I don't need to be in, living in a place of complaining and arguing and fussing, God, because you supply all all of my needs. You are good, God. Thank you, Papa. And as I, as I begin to just behold him, all of my emotions start to flow in the same direction. Emotions aren't meant to be suppressed or ignored. They're meant to be redirected. God wants you, through the fruit of self-control, to fix your eyes back on him Book of Colossians in chapter three tells us, set your mind on things above. God's wanting us to continually go mm -mm, back to my true north. Ah, there you are. When I find myself getting a little worked up or a little overwhelmed, it's like it says in the Psalms, and my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He wants us to come running up to him and let him come and take away the, the, the worry, the burden and the stress and just to fill us with his supernatural peace, to remind us of what we look like so that we can begin to manifest him in our everyday life. Amen. The beauty of that is that you can be ready in season and out of season. It means that even if you're having a really bad day, and someone asks you for prayer, you don't have to go, ooh, we should ask to be on another day. <laughs> ah, I really haven't done much prayer this week. I've, oh, you know, can I pray for you like tomorrow? Instead of buying the lie that you're not ready, you can say, thank you, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm not defined by how I feel. I'm not defined by, by performance. I'm not defined by what I've done. I'm defined by what you've done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you set me free from me, that right now I can reckon myself dead and I don't have to earn it. I don't have to make it happen. I come in by faith. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so happy for them that it's you that lives in me now and no longer me that lives. Hallelujah. It's a good day for them. They're just about to encounter Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It seems simple, but I believe the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak to each and every one of us today. But he doesn't want you to live in the world of the noise, but to rule and reign from above it in the place of perfect peace. He says he'll give us peace that passes understanding. When you're feeling all sorts of desires and thoughts and ideas that aren't holy, instead of panicking about them and worrying about them and then considering them and thinking it through, take your mind completely off that. that they are thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ. And he says, grab a hold of them, cast them down, and replace them with the truth. Fix your eyes on him because I've got something way better for you. Hallelujah. What the enemy wants to offer to you has nothing on what God has for you. Hallelujah. 
in every temptation, it's simply an invitation from the Father saying, I've made a way for you to come through this and I'm going to bless you extravagantly in that very area that you're being tempted in. There's nothing that the enemy brings that God hasn't got a better plan. The heart of the Father is He is so for you that when you walk with Him, when you stay with Him, when you run after Him, life with Him is life and life more abundant. And every trouble that the enemy might bring that, the, uh, that you have in the world, God has already overcome the world and He's already got a plan to make it work out for your good. Hallelujah. He's already given you the capacity to live from a place of supernatural peace, supernatural patience, supernatural kindness in such a way that it's gonna impact everyone around you. God wants you to know what it looks like to be able to access this place of peace every day because He wants to make you the most attractive people on the planet. It's true, the Bible says, you are the light of the world. He wants you to shine. Shine with His beauty and His patience and His love and His kindness. People want to, they want to be around you because you are like Jesus. Yes, I know we get persecution. I understand that a little bit. But I want to tell you, when you live in this place where you're letting the Lord satisfy you, instead of demanding that your spouse does it or someone else does it or that your pastor makes you feel okay. I want you to feel okay, but I haven't got the capacity to make you feel okay 24-7. Your spouse doesn't have that capacity either. And if you're waiting for your prince to come to one day make you feel better, that's not gonna happen either. He already came. And his name is the Prince of Peace. And he wants you to live in it, hallelujah. God is looking for you to become so secure in his love, so satisfied in his affection, so satisfied in his place where he just holds you. It's like this glorious bubble you can live in where it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You're just happy. You're just filled with peace. Who knows what that feels like? Give me a wave. Oh, so lovely. It's the peace that passes understanding. He wants you to be able to live in that place. And when you live in that place, it's what will come out of you. What you're focusing on is also what you'll reproduce. And if you're focusing on His kindness and His goodness and you're drinking deeply of His love and His affection for you, then His love and affection for others is gonna flow out of you. And you're gonna manifest the kindness of God. You're gonna manifest the peace of God. You're gonna manifest the joy of God. And it's gonna make your marriage better. It's gonna make your relationships better. It's gonna make your workplace better because instead of trying to make it happen in your own way, if you will just run into Him and let Him flow through you, you'll become somebody people wanna be around. God wants to help you. You know, we're all on a journey and God's looking for us to learn and discover more and more of what He's like because the more we understand what He's like, the more we understand who we are. He is our mirror, hallelujah. And He shows us what we look like now that we are new creations in Him. 
We're going to pray for some people tonight before we take communion together. But Father, I thank you that you make a way of escape out of every temptation, that you've made a way of escape for us to live in perfect peace, not to live in the clutter and the noise of the world, but Papa, that you've given us your Son, the Prince of Peace, and Lord, that we are in Him and He in us. God, I'm asking that you'd remind your people, help them, set their minds on you so that you can keep them in that perfect peace, in that place of rest in you, Father, that they might know and experience your great love. Thank you for your mercy, God. And Lord, I just ask right now that you'd just come and Lord, you'd help each one to lay a hold of you and say, thank you, Father, you are my peace. You've broken down every wall every wall of bondage. Father, I thank you for freedom. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance from all their fears. Papa, thank you, Lord, for supernatural grace, supernatural joy. In the name of Jesus, we say yes, we say yes.